With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and welcome inside Hour 2 of the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Yo! Live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Well, the Boston Celtics found a way to give away a huge lead in the fourth quarter. The Heat outscore the Celtics 36-22 in the fourth. They win game two, 111-105. They are going home with a two-games-to-none lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Heat, the eight seed, would be the first eight seed if they win, Mike Harmon, if they go on to finish this series. My It'll be the first heat. eight seed to make the NBA Finals since who? Balls. No, since the nope. Heat did it. <laughs> since the Knicks in nineteen ninety nine. Oh, didn't count. Wow. That was a shortened season. It was a shortened season. Yes, it was a shortened season because of the strike. But the last eight seed to make the NBA Finals were the Knicks. They lost to the Spurs. It was very upsetting. Patrick Ewing got hurt in the Eastern Conference Finals, and it was oh, we would have beat. We would have so beat the. We're not making Spurs. this about the Knicks. We would have so won, but they would be the first seed, first eight seed. But nobody's ever gone as an eight seed in a full season. The Heat would be the first team to do that 
if they wound up winning. And now I'm just going to think about the 99 NBA Finals all over again. Once again, a, another implosion and a close game that goes on the wrong side of the ledger for the Celtics. In the fourth quarter, Jason Smith, one of eight from three-point range. Mm. Ooh, okay. I'll tell well, you. No, well, Le- LeBron's there with him. We'll see how, <laughs> how, how long that, that streak goes. We're at 19. Well, it couldn't have been uh, one for eight because it would have been over eight. Yeah, he would have had the offer. Uh, it's been a minute. Been a long while since he hit one in the fourth quarter. But uh, for the night, 10 of 35 from three-point range. Uh, for the, the Celtics, you had Jalen Brown go 7 of 23. And down the stretch defensively, uh, every 50-50 ball, every rebound, they just swarming Miami Heat. They know how to close. Boston, once again, a lot of looking around and a lot of bad shot selection, sloppiness with the basketball and lack of motion on offense. Well, there's two big things to take away from this game, and and both of them are a little bit outside the circle of a team A did this, team B did this. The first one is that, look, I, I go back to this one play with 35 seconds left to go in the game, and the Heat have the ball and they're up two, and Gabe Vincent, who was having a horrendous game. Yep. I mean, having a bad game. Never heard Play, of him. Played all 40 minutes, is one out of seven from the floor. But he was one plus 20, seven, so he was right? vital to the right. flow of the oh, game. I'm not, saying, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, you know, being on the floor, <laughs> but taking shot. I mean, yes. he was not having a good game, right? He had no, all right, he had zero assists tonight, all right? Your starting point guard, no assists, all right? Just think about well, it. He did I mean, not that, have a good it's game. It's fluid anymore. I mean, we don't, right. it's positionless NBA, Jason. But I'm what just you saying, you, okay, how are you going to be, are you going to somehow try to get this into him having a good game? You can't do it. You can't do it, Mike Harmon. He did not have a good game. You have all kinds of other options with 30 seconds left to go in a game where you could say, hey, man, we win this. We're basically going to the NBA Finals. Butler could take that shot. Adebayo could take that shot. Martin's had – he's got 25. He could take that shot. Duncan Robinson. No. Vincent just decides, I got it. I'm feeling it. And a step-back jumper, which everybody in Boston was like, yeah, go ahead, take that. And he drains it for a four-point lead. When you see a shot like that, it, it looked like a lot of the fight went out of the Celtics at that point. This is when you just think, okay, maybe the Heat are just a team of destiny. When, when you have a guy who's one out of seven from the floor and is not, so not having a big net, and he dis- not only does he make the shot, it's I'm deciding to take it. It's a heat check shot from him. Hey, because I can still make this, man. This is, this is not, hey, with one second left on the shot clock, the, the, the ball can gets kicked out to the to the arc and he get, and he, he grabs it and chucks it up and it goes in. No, no, this was hey man, I'm feeling it. I'm taking this shot and it's one of those no 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 no. Oh, good shot. Good shot, good shot. Maybe the Heat are a team of destiny. Maybe they are. Well, you certainly have that, right? The guts to take the shot. If it goes awry, well, then it's a, why didn't Jimmy Butler have the ball? Why didn't Bam Adebayo call for it? Or let's call it what it is. There'd be more praise of the Celtics doing a good job defensively to force the shot by Gabe Vincent. You know how this works. Everybody's waiting to get back in the good good side of Boston and have a big start especially with the game that Jason Tatum had because uh, the odd, even kind of thing going on that he has in terms of his scoring and produ- productivity, right? Game six, now game two, uh, all of those things that we're, we're looking for. But for Gabe Vincent, go, go look at his shot chart. 
couple of really bad decisions. You know, the two-point shot that's just inside the arc misses. Uh, two missed threes, one make, and then the shot that he hit was about five feet directly in front of the one three-pointer that he made in his other six shots. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I heard the exasperation in your voice when it went down. You're like, come on, really? That's I'm it? Like, That's the shot? I'm like, are you are you are you kidding? I mean really that now I was like, you've gotta be like even the look on Tatum's face when that shot it's like yeah. come on man, really? Like what? What? Like like the the uh, the Jokic shot at the end of the third quarter when AD was on him in game one, yeah. and and that gave him a fourteen point lead, and Too it was from soon, thirty yeah. feet. He just threw it up, and AD's just smiling, going up the court, like, "What the hell, man? What what are you gonna do? Man? You're you're a team of destiny. What what a team of destiny you are." Uh, so that's the other thing. Now the other thing is is a is a bigger deal, and it it gets. I feel I feel weird talking about it, but with Jimmy Butler, it's a thing, right? There's. NBA players, anybody who plays professional sports, you know the, the professionalism they bring because you have to be a professional to be able to to succeed at this level. Right? We have this image of player they go out there, but no, you have to exude professionalism, and many things are overrated. Emotion is usually overrated. Getting mad to win a game is usually overrated. We have to play hard. You know, a lot of that stuff is overrated. But certain guys are players you don't want to wake up. And these are players that that either of us, you and I, when we've played sports in our life, there's that that player who that we played against, whether it's in football or hockey or softball, where you're playing against them and you just don't want to wake them up. You don't want to poke the bear because they're just out there playing and they're and they're playing. But then you piss them off. Something happens and suddenly it's OK. Now I'm going to really show you something. Right. You you see that we, we see that in, in, in beer league softball and hockey and everything else. But it's a thing for Jimmy Butler, man. It is a thing for Jimmy Butler. And Grant Williams hit this three to give the Celtics a 96-87 lead in the fourth quarter. And this actually turned out to be the turning point of the game, except in the other direction. Take a listen. Williams defends Butler. A bump, the grind, the gyration, and the two in the foul. And they're having worse. Look, <laughs> Look at this. At that. Nose oh, to nose. Yeah. <laughs> and he's cut or no after that three by Grant Williams he was having words with Jimmy Butler on the way down mm. so there it is Reggie Reggie Miller Kevin Harlan the gang on TNT with the, the call bump, the grind the gyration Williams, and good for Grant Williams. He got into the game today and played 26 minutes. He did. He did. And he, and he, hits, a, he hits a shot, and he starts jawing at Jimmy Butler. That's a bear you do not want right? to poke. And he starts jaw- right yep. in his face going back down the floor. After he hits that shot to give him a 96-87 lead. All right? So there's your shot with 637 left to go in the game. Go ahead, Frostberg. 637 left to go in the game. 37? Shut up. In the next four minutes... Jimmy Butler racked off nine points, including a three-point play and a jumper with two minutes left to go to give the Heat a two-point lead they never relinquished. I mean, Jimmy, 
Jimmy Butler was just having and wasn't having a playoff Jimmy type night up until that point in the game. He had 18 and he was having an okay game, but it, mm-hmm. this wasn't a game. Look at Jimmy Butler; he's got 35, he's got 40. This wasn't a playoff Jimmy night. But you 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 hit that shot and you get in Jimmy Butler's face, and the next three and a half minutes he scores nine points, and you go from down from up nine to down two. Why would you do that? I mean, Butler's a different guy, man. You can do it to a lot of players, and they're going to play the same, and you know it's going to pump you up, whatever. But you do that to Butler, and you know it. And that's one of the reasons why I don't think Jimmy Butler gets the credit that he deserves because during the season, he's a guy that is a 20-point-a-game scorer. That's who he is for his career. He scores 20, 22 points a game. But in the playoffs, when you get him riled up, you get him motivated, this is why you get playoff Jimmy. right? He's someone that has one level of play during the season, whether it's because, hey, I just can't find the way. to. I, I need something to motivate myself. I just can't go out there and play 82 games or 65 games or 70 games and, and go in with the kind of excellence you'd see Kobe Bryant who wanted to go out there and score 50 every night. He's not that kind of guy. But when the, when, when the money's on the table or something happens in the playoffs, suddenly he turns into one of the biggest clutch players we've seen in recent NBA history. Why would you do that? I don't understand. And you know this about Jimmy Butler. Why would you wait him up and that's exactly what the Celtics did it's exactly what Williams did getting in Jimmy Butler's face and there's no coincidence that after that play we're up nine we're feeling good boom Butler comes up with nine points and now they're up two with two and a half left to go and the game is over at that point but, but you know he's a guy that when, when he's there you know on the on the court that he's both ends you're getting full tilt play and in this case less in the scoring column but he, you know he dotted everything in your your stats if you go into the box score and certainly as we were watching it right a couple three more steals to go with his six from game one uh eight boards six assists and, and was huge getting the ball uh down low and getting out bio involved and and kicking out as as the double came uh but in that moment like the Ali LaForce interview after the game uh, certainly she dove in and asked him uh, about that exchange, and he just smiled. He goes, it's nice, healthy, friendly competition. And it, got a, it really ramped up there. You know, I just got to say, hey, you know, that, that's, that was a moment that, you know, and, and the smile got big. Not that he was, wasn't smiling, right? He went over to Ludacris right away after the game, shaking hands, going into the crowd and everything else before doing the interview. Uh, and just knows, hey, we, we came in. And we kicked him in the teeth twice on their home court. And if someone that comes in off the bench wants to get chirpy, yeah, we, we, we're a team that'll answer. And, you know, the first thing he said, what is it about when LaForce asked, what is it about this squad? He goes, they're dogs. Right, it come we we grind at the end of games. You got everybody's committed to what we're doing, like and and that shouldn't be understated in an age where we talk about two man or three man teams, and then wishing, wanting, hoping that the role players figure out how they fit, or that they will miraculously step up if they do have a Gabe Vincent like moment. Right, a lot of teams you don't have that guy, or you're hoping that someone will be able to do do that and deliver. For the Heat, look at the guys they've lost to injury. It's just, hey, the, you're in on this squad for a reason. So little, uh, I liked when they went and did the shot of Pat Riley over there in the final minutes. Like, yeah, continuity matters. 
uh, and having an attitude with Spolstra and company and a guy leading the charge like Jimmy Butler. Still going to be forever salty that he, he didn't play his entire career in Chicago. But here we are. Mm. You don't poke the bear. Especially, he's one of those guys. You don't do it. And for some reason, Grant Williams does it. And now here you are. You go from up nine. You're down two. It's over. Yeah, I think that covers, hey, let's get sure, make sure I get in Jimmy Butler's face. Some guys are just different. And I, I'm stunned the Celtics did that. And they got exactly what you thought you'd get when playoff Jimmy stepped up. Well, another uh, fail in a close game, Jason. Yeah. They yeah. can't close. Joe Mazzula has to answer. Oh, oh it's watching his fault the town. Now. He's, now he's a bad coach the town. Again. Yes. He's a bad coach again. Joe Mazzula is a bad coach again. He, now he's a bad He was a good coach for a while. Now he's a bad No, but he would go up and down. No, he was a good coach when they knocked out the Sixers. No, but now he's a bad coach. No, 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 no. He was just he was, better than Doc. Got, yeah, well, well, I mean, okay. Uh, all right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. 
live from the TireRack.com studios. He beat the Celtics 111-105. We'll have more on the Eastern Conference Finals coming up in a bit. And, oh, by the way, we could see another big change in the NBA All-Star game. Yeah. uh, Today, look, the biggest story of the day, we talked about it with Jason Cole last hour of the show, uh, Jim Brown. Uh, the greatest running back of all time and and one of the greatest athletes uh, that we've ever seen play in American sports died at the age of 87. He is someone who was so gifted at many sports. Uh, Some people say he's the greatest lacrosse player of all time. Lacrosse was his favorite sport. He once said, Mm -hmm. I wish I could play lacrosse six days a week and and football one day. Um, One of the the biggest – Athletes turned actors, whether it was Dirty Dozen or whether it was, uh, we talked about Jason Cole mentioning him in Sleepless in Seattle when they mentioned Fireball in The Running Man, last season's losers. Uh, He had some kind of life and a very complicated legacy because the guy had had issues with women that, uh, that came on throughout all the other good things that he did with his advocacy. But th- this is not one of those stories. This is this is a story that, believe it or not, I don't know that I doing what I do for a living if it wasn't for Jim Brown. You ready for this, Mike? How about that? This this story involves my campus radio station sneaking into a room I shouldn't have snuck into and a bank robbery. Oh, and Jim Brown. You ready? You ready for Wait, this? Wait, bank robbery or bank mailbox robbery. robbery? No, 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 bank robbery. No, bank robbery. Wasn't me, and it wasn't Jim Brown. It was not, but bank robbery has to do with the end of this story. Trust okay. me, trust me. So I'm a sophomore at Syracuse, and I go to Syracuse to do communications. And I really want to do, I, I want to, you know, be on TV and radio and all this kind of stuff. And I, the first assignment I got when I went to the campus radio station, because they had a thing, WJPZ, where I wound up doing the morning show for years. First thing they ever had, I ever got an assignment for is I said, well, I want to do sports. So I went into the sports department. They said, okay, what are you doing on Saturday? And I'm like, nothing. And they said, okay, Jim Brown is coming. He's going to be on campus and he's going to be signing autographs and appearing uh, at the student center, the big student union in, mm-hmm. at Syracuse, because it was, we're doing a year long celebration of Syracuse's. It was their hundredth year you're playing football, right? So it's like 1989 or 1990. I think it's 1989. So they're doing a whole big year, part of the year, you know, 100 years of Syracuse football. I said, okay, great. He's doing it. He's signing autographs at the student union. Go down there, interview him, talk to him, and bring the sound back, and we'll edit it and put it on the air. I'm like, great. I'm like, I can't believe they let me do this. The reason they let me do it is because it was Saturday at noon. Who the hell wanted to do anything in college Saturday at noon? Even if it was interviewing Jim Brown. Most of the guys said, yeah, so I'm still going to be sleeping, man, because I'm, I'm going to be sleeping off that bender that I'm going to be on from Friday well, afternoon. Yeah. So they send me down, and I have my recorder, right, that, I, that, that my mom bought for me for Christmas. And, oh, my God, I had that recorder for so long. This little tiny recorder. So I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right? I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. So I go down to the student union, and I get in line where of the, of, he was signing books, I think, because he, he had just written a book. So he was signing books, signing autographs. So I get in the autograph book line, and I, have my, and I have my recorder with me. I go, I guess I walk up and start asking him questions. So I'm waiting in line. People sign <laughs> their books okay great i get in front and go hi jim jason smith z89 just wanted to ask a few questions about su football what it means to you uh, you know in the 100 year anniversary and i hit record and jim brown looks at me and goes 
uh, and he looks to the side to whoever was you know running you know running uh, uh, the situation. And the the guy, guy you know nicest guy in the world says, "Hey, I, uh, Jim's going to be doing a press after he signs the books here." I said, "Oh, okay, great. I'll wait." So I take my recorder. I go, I go, "Okay, I'll wait." So I go stand there and I go stand there and wait. I got in line in the autograph line. I just go, "Hey, Did you get Jim, a book? how you doing?" No, I didn't get a book. I should have got a book. I wasn't I wasn't that worldly to go. Oh, I buy the book and I sneak in line and I do the interview. No, no I just. No, no. But I mean, just since you were there, hey, can I buy a book then? <laughs> yeah, can I, I can, don't I get a free copy? I have free copy, right? I'm free pressed. Copy I get a free, free copy, copy so free I can copy? talk about it on the air. I mean, I'm like, I can't, I still to this day, I can't believe I did that. I can still remember walking in line, walking up, turning the recorder on. Hey, Jim, what do you feel SU football after a hundred years? And he looks at me like, what the hell is wrong you with you? try and grab his hand and hold it for like seven oh, minutes? No, yeah. no, I, I did not. I did not. No, Jim is Tell like, the truth. Jim is like 52, 53 at this point, right? So in, in his like, cause I'm. Going back and you know, trying to, to figure out what it was today. I'm just saying, you know, like maybe at 53 I could have taken him. Me being 18, 19. Are you, you're but kidding? Not. Well, I don't know. I, was, I, th- I, was, I think up until the last three or four spry. years you might have been able to uh, – he would have been able to take you. I could have attacked him on the table. I could have got him. So, so they say sit, so sit to the side and he'll be asked. I'll say, okay, great. And then all of a sudden I see the RA, one of the RAs from my resident advisor from my building, and she's there with a bunch of other people and she's got signs. And, and they all have signs that say, answer the question, answer the question. And I'm like, what's going on? So I walk up to her and I go, hey, what are you guys doing here? They go, oh, we're here, we're protesting uh, Jim being here because he made some, he made some comments in an, in, an, in an interview that aired in the Syracuse, that, that ran in the Syracuse Post Standard, the newspaper, uh, last week that we want him to, to, to talk about. And I forget, and it's so long ago, and, and the rest of the story, I forget what it was that he said. It was, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was something that was about the school. It was about, I, I forget what it was, but this group of people there was kind, and, and they were there, and they were they were going to talk to Jim. They wanted to protest, so they got signs up, and I'm going, "Wow, this is crazy." So I call the radio station. I go, hey, I got a story. I think I got a story here. And the guy, the guy running the news desk that day was the assistant news director. And he's like, yeah, what? And I go, uh, there's a protest going on here about Jim Brown. They're upset about some stuff he said that aired in the, in the Syracuse Post-Standard. And, and they said, well, all right, well, stay down there and let me know what happens. I said, all right, great. So I'm down there, and and, they, and and it becomes a thing now because now people are walking in, and this this protest is getting a little bit larger. There's like maybe you know, first there was like three or five people. Now there's like ten or twelve. Now there's twenty people with signs, and twenty people with signs on a college campus. You're like, okay, wow, this is insane. So I'm like, I don't know what I don't know what's happening right now. So I'm just hanging out, waiting to see what what goes on because all I have is a stinking recorder with me. And right. my, so I interview I interviewed my RA and I asked her why are you here because I knew. I needed to do that. And I interviewed a couple of people and I wish I could remember the specific thing, but it was it, it, in, in any event, this winds up getting solved. But it That's was related to the university. It was, yeah, it, it was related to something. He, yeah. I don't know what it was. I, I really don't remember what it was, but it was something he said and it wound up being, being taken care of in the end, but, but it's the journey that gets there. No, so sure. I'm like, okay, so I don't know what's happening right now. So I, I do the interview and I call back to, and I go, and now I got to find a pay phone, right? Cause this is 1989. So I go back to the payphone to call the news desk uh, at the station, and it's the assistant news director. And he says, "Hey, I, I go, hey, I, I got something here. I got the, I got, I got my RA who was in on it. I got a couple of people. I go, all right, we'll get back there and figure out. Maybe we'll get to talk to Jim when it's over." So I'm like, "Okay." So I go back there, and I get back there right as it's broken up, and I go, 
what happened? So I go to the guy who told me to step out of line and not interview Jim Brown. I go, what happened? He goes, I think Jim is going with that group and they're going to go to a room and they're going to talk about uh, what's going on. And I said, oh, okay. So I, I run out and I'm looking and now I'm following Jim Brown who was walking with all of these people with their, with their signs. And I'm going, oh, okay, this is, all right, I, I got it, I got it. So they go into this room. And to sit down like this all-purpose room that was just off of the student union. And, and I'm sitting there going, do I, what do I do? Do I wait outside? Do I go in? What do I do? I'm going to go in. So I got so after a couple, I just go in and I sit down and it's Jim and he's talking with all these, 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 these people. There's like 20 kids there. And I'm going, wow, this is really interesting. I'm going. I should record this. So I take my recorder out and I put it on my lap and I hit record. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be doing it, but what am I going to do? Not do it? Because I could just see myself getting back to the station and the assistant news director goes, wait, how come you didn't record it? I'm going, so I take it out. I very slyly take it out, put it on my thigh and I hit record. Slyly. Right. And I put it on my, well, because they're all sitting in a circle and I'm sitting in the circle behind and they just let me walk in and sit down and, and, and Jim and, and the, and the, the, the people. People talk and they solve it after about 10 or 12 minutes of talking and, and they, they understand and they, and they walk out and it, and, 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 and Jim Brown is, is there and I'm standing, I let him walk out and I go, well, now I got to talk to him. So now I walk over. So now I walk over. I go, Hey, Jim, Jason Smith, WJPZ. Can you tell me about what you guys talked about? And here he goes, well, and I remember the, I remember the quote him saying, well, young man, I think we all learned a lot about each other today and, and, and they learned about me and I learned about them and, and we have a, a greater understanding of each other you know after after this and again i wish i could remember what it was about but i can't because we have a great understanding about this and i said okay great and jim brown leaves and i'm like okay and right after this like not five minutes later the 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 stage the tv stations from syracuse there and the newspaper get there and they're looking for jim brown and they can't find him because he left right he's not gonna be around mm-hmm. so the so they're there you know there's all the sweaty camera there and i'm going I interviewed him. I go, oh, man. And, 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 and people are saying, hey, where did Jim go? And I go, oh, he left. He goes, anybody talked to him? I go, yeah, I did. They're like, who are you? I go, hi, Jason Smith, uh, WJPZ. Like, can we get some of your sound? Can we, can we get that? And I, I go, um, I don't know. Let me go back and, and see what I have to do with the station first. They're like, okay. And I leave, and I'm going, I'm the only guy that's got this. Oh, my God. So, so I kind of knew what a scoop was a little bit. So I go back in, and now everybody is in the, is in the, the, the radio station because now the Jim Brown thing is going off on the wires and mm-hmm. stuff happened, protests at Syracuse University. And I'm going, I'm in on this. Big. And now I'm, like, flying. I am flying because now I'm like, oh, man, this, now I get what it was like. This is why I wanted to do it because it, it's a moment like this. So I come and they go, they go, tell me. And, and the first thing was out of movie. The assistant news director says, tell me you got an interview with Jim Brown. I go, yeah, I got him right here. And I, I show my, my, uh, my recorder. And they were looking at it like it had a light on it. Like it was just glowing. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it didn't matter what he said because nobody else had a comment on it. Sure. So I'm like, this is awesome. So I get it. And they put it on. They run it on, on, uh, on, on Z89 and everything else. And, 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 of course, you know, they pick up the, the, uh, uh, the comments in the paper and everything. I'm like, this is a big deal. And they go, hey, this is probably going to go out on the Associated Press. And I'm like, oh, great. And I don't know what the hell that means. I'm like, ah, Associated <laughs> Press. I don't know. Then I found out one of my friends told me, he says, dude, this means it's going to be like a story across the country. I said, you're kidding. He goes, yeah, dude, it's a protest. Jim Brown's the greatest. I said, I know Jim Brown's great. He goes, yeah. Jason you were the Mason only one that had talks it. to. 
Yeah, but I was still Jason Smith at this point. I wasn't on, I wasn't on the radio yet. I wasn't on the radio as a, as, a, as a host, right? So here's where the story gets a little weird, right? As if it's not weird already. Yeah, well, I was going to say, not, not so, that it was there already. They go, it's probably going to go out in the Associated Press. It was such a big deal. I called my mom, and I told her what happened, and I, told, and I told my grandparents what happened. And, of course, my grandfather is telling this story for, like, the next two months. My, uh, my son handled Jim Brown in an interview. Uh, you know, my grandson up at Syracuse. He, he handled it. People were asking me, how did you handle Jim Brown? I'm like, well, I walked up, and I asked him a question. So, anyway, so now I figure this is going to be a big story. It's going to get picked up off the Associated Press, and it's big. the bells are ringing in the station. Everything. I'm like, oh, my God. So I finish, and I go, is there anything else you need? And they go, no, but definitely get ready. They're going to want to talk to you tomorrow uh, for the campus show here on the radio station, everything else. They probably want to talk to you at the campus newspaper, the Daily Yard. And okay, great. We'll give them your info. I'm like, awesome. Like, hey, I'm a scoop. I'm an ace reporter now. This is great. <laughs> So I go, so I go back and, and the, they, they, they call me to be on the radio the next day. I'm like, yeah, this is great. And that was it. I didn't get any other call. And I'm going, oh, I thought they would call me. And then I find out that someone robbed the bank on campus, like an hour and a half after the Jim Brown stuff happened. Somebody robbed the bank on campus. And I'm like, what? I didn't know this. And the assistant news director who was there went down and got interviews with the people who were there at the bank and everything else. And, and I, I, again, I don't remember the, the details on that, but all of a sudden, you know, that's, the, that, you know, that, that's this story. And I'm going, uh, and, and I didn't find this out till the next day. And everybody's saying, oh my God, those two great stories, those two unbelievable stories, not great stories, obviously. I, I didn't mean to say that. All these two stories of Jim Brown and the, and the bank robbery and everything else. And I look, and what goes out over the Associated Press was the bank robbery story. And I'm going, and I, and I didn't think about it then, but that was my first, that was my first uh, um, inkling of, hey, media is a tough business because I never, I never knew for sure, but in years after, I thought – there were two big stories, and the guy and the news director, the guy that, that was working, and then he left to go cover the bank story. He made sure that went out on the Associated Press, and the Jim Brown stuff didn't because they, they couldn't put everything out on it. So they, there was back in the days where if you had a story, you sent it, and you would, you didn't mm-hmm. send a whole bunch. They decided, I think, to send the Jim the, to send the the bank robbery one instead of the Jim Brown story. And I'm going, hmm. Okay, and if I remember right, the bank robbery it ended as you know probably as as well as a bank robbery could end. I don't, I don't think anybody was injured, anybody was hurt. Again, I'm going back. This is thirty some odd years ago, uh, but it was a thing that you know didn't really happen. So this story goes out, and it's like, oh yeah. And so the next day, the, you know, the, then this guy's all talking about that story, and I'm going, what about my Jim Brown story? <laughs> what, what what about my Jim Brown story that I was that was that was that was. Uh, what, what, there was a big. That was the only one to talk to Jim Brown. I was the only one to talk to him. I understand. And now, in retrospect, I can get that it was a it was a story, but it was solved, moved on, and here's a developing story and open. And I don't I don't know what the what the news director really did. Did he push my story out? I mean, I have no idea. But that day. I still think about the excitement of that day, knowing I was in the middle of a big story and I was in this room and I was and I just hanging out and I was recording something. Probably, luckily, we couldn't use the sound from the room recording because you couldn't hear it. So I would have had to walk up to Jim and just put the mic up to him, which I wasn't going to do. So, I, I, but I just remember the excitement and the energy of that day and how and just how I thought, yeah, this is, yeah, no, I'm in now. Like that was oh, the first thing I ever I like got it. to do. And if I didn't get to do anything, who knows what I would have done? But 
right after that, like now I'm like, yes, communications, radio, t- this is what I want. This is fantastic. This that is adrenaline that, just that rush. buzz I got. Man. And that story also gave us a great drop for Teicher to use forever. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I know. <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah, I used to see Jim no, Brown all the time when I lived in uh, Niskayuna because he was always traveling through the the Albany airport. So oh, okay. almost every time I flew out, I ran into him. Oh, like, hey, wow. Okay. Mr. Brown, good to see you again. Hey, Harmon, how you doing? Glad we'd talk about games and, you know, whatever he did while he was in town, and that was it. Always, you know, everybody looking to line up to grab a picture, which the people that were with him was were never uh, too happy to have. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but, yeah, that's a great story. Do you, do you still have that audio? Did you? No. Did, was it, did it survive? I wish I still had. I remember what he said, but I, I wish I still had the audio. Oh. I wish I still had that recorder. It was one That'd of those little great. Those little things like the little tiny tape that you put in there and the little cassette that recorded oh, and you would it. record. That's what I had. I wish I had. I had the story. I had it, Mike Harmon. I was an ace reporter. I need one of those jaunty hats and wearing a, like a short tie and a jacket like I was in the 1920s. <laughs> hey, look at me. I'm an ace reporter. <laughs> oh, without, without Jim Brown, I don't know that I'm doing what I'm doing for a living. I really, I, I think, I think back to that day a lot, and that was, I mean, today I've been doing a lot, obviously, and uh, just, I mean, hopefully other details come to me that I remember, but again, this is like 30 years ago. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. 
I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Hobo. We'll have more on the Heat and the Celtics coming up in about 10 minutes. Heat take game two, 111-105. But there could be some big changes coming to the NBA All-Star Game. Shams Charani, a couple other people having the story tonight that the NBA is looking into going back to the Eastern Conference versus Western Conference format that they used to have for so long before they started changing it up. And the the reason they're going to throw out there is we want to get back to more competitive game because once we've had people drafting their friends as the game is competitive as you need to be, we've heard the complaints. And, yeah, I, you know, I get it. But suddenly, East and West, it's going to get back to being competitive. Look, the dis- disrespect to... Nikola Jokic is real. This is this is just the reason this is happening is because this is just what all star games are now. Every year in the NBA, in the NHL, did it for a long time in the NFL with the Pro Bowl. You're at the point where if you don't get something new, they're worried that no one's going to watch, right? The, the heyday of the All-Star game is long gone. We don't watch like we used to, and every year there's a little bit less, a little bit less. And all the leagues try to do is just stop the, the, the leeching of people away. Let's try to keep whatever audience we can. Best way to do it, let's give them something new, something new and crazy every year. And so that's why they do something new and crazy every year, thinking, oh, I've not seen this, I'll try it. Now they're up to, let's go back to the way the All-Star game was. Maybe People are going to watch it again. We'll go back. And then if that does, they'll be doing something else next year, the year after that. That's just what it is right now. It's stunt casting to get people to continue to watch all-star games, and that's what the NBA is doing. No, and I, I think that's the, the the way to go, man, is, uh, you know, keep shuffling it up. I mean, folks, the tradition's out the window. I mean, in all sports, let's let's just uh, cancel any of that conversation anymore. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Like, man, we've, we've changed everything else. Baseball, they changed up a million rules today or for this year right what happened games are shorter attendance is is much higher I, i'm curious as to you know what how much of that is correlation versus happenstance or you know people showing up in venues where maybe they used to not i mean how much is attendance up in tampa uh and in places where they've been more competitive and better off the jump than in the past not that Tampa doesn't win their 90 games, but Pittsburgh got off to a good start. Did they have a higher attendance? Maybe that accounts for some of it. But for the NBA and the All-Star game, yeah, shuffle it up. Change up how the teams are set up. Bring in more of the veteran and legacy plays. I'm looking at Magic Johnson on my screen right now. Have him coach a team. He's done it before. Get no back on Knicks the are still getting in. No Knicks. Yeah, so. Knicks can, we can get to Knicks. Jalen Brunson will be in every year for the next 10 years. They it's can change right. it all they want. No Knicks. And, and Embiid will be in, too, when he becomes a Nick in a couple months. Oh! More on the Heat and the Celtics next, Fox.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 